everyone to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. All right, we are here. Welcome everybody to the Disco Posse podcast. Still recording the intros as part of the podcast because I'm old school like that. And with that, I want to get right into the good stuff here. So my name is Eric Wright. If you're new to the podcast, you can follow me online. I'm Disco Posse on Twitter. Uh, if you're coming back, which I hope that you are, uh, please make sure you drop in, uh, go to iTunes, give us a rating. Uh, super helpful to know that we're talking about the right things and sharing good content I'm extremely excited today because I'm, I'm, I've got a great guest who I've actually been lucky enough to speak with at length before uh, in early editions of the podcast, but when I, was, I did a video podcast way back when, uh, and, but mostly just having great interactions in the community and, and out in the world. Uh, with that, I want to welcome Lauren Cooney. Lauren is uh, an amazing human, and we're going to talk about Spark Labs. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, so Lauren... If you want to introduce yourself, let us know where we can find you online. And then I want to, we'll start with the big stuff. What is sure. Spark Labs? <laughs> well, thank you so much for that introduction. I really, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm quite honored to be here today. I think uh, this is, this is terrific what you're doing. And thank you so much for letting me talk about some of the stuff that I'm working on and some of the progress that we're making. Um, so I'm the CEO and founder of Spark Labs, and Spark Labs is a company that educates and empowers up-and-coming leaders and top organizations to innovate really with, um, with intention and inclusivity for the greater good. And the focus is on women or those that identify as women or wish to. And we create really uh, diverse and authentic programs and communities to help, help, help these women accelerate their careers in business. So the, the just in that alone, I think I'm 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 very I love the the approach that you're taking. I love this is a tough tough subject to encounter, and and that's I kind of like why I really wanted to talk. First of all, just to applaud what you're doing, we'll talk about direct ways that that Spark Labs helps to to get folks into programs to to really build out this idea where you've been able to have impact, but also you know we're going to talk about how people can, you know, have a, I call it a difficult conversation, right? Especially for me, yeah. I've got to say it quite, quite, you know, for folks that haven't seen a picture of me, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a white male and I really, really love to support inclusivity and diversity projects. And I've often found this real challenge of like, I, I want to be careful about how I, how strongly I'm, I'm involved in it because I'm like, uh, you know, I'm also on the wrong side of, of what's caused us to need these programs, right? I, I, I visually represent uh, part of the challenge, right? And, and so it's a, that's why I, I love being able to talk with you, Lauren, and, and, and folks, like lots of great folks in the industry who, who really are super open. And because inclusivity to me also means including having the conversations with the people that maybe you have part of the, the reason we're having the conversations in the first place. So 
But first, let's just, I want to talk about how you got started. Like Spark Labs, uh, you've done a ton of stuff. You've, you've been involved in open source for, for a long time. You've been involved in technology for a long time. How did, how did Spark Labs just, you said, that's it. I'm, I'm going to do something different and I'm ready. <laughs> I did. I did. That's, that's actually what I did. Um, I spent, I, I was doing uh, technology consulting and I, uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. And, um, but I wasn't really getting value out of it for, for myself, you know, selfishly, I was kind of looking at it and I wasn't, um, I wasn't really experiencing any, um, immediate joy. Right. I, I didn't feel like I was um, of impact in a way that was positive towards this world. And I think as we look at things that are happening in the world right now, it's, um, you know, things are frustrating and upsetting from all sides. And a lot of people are pretty angry. And I, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't really happy with that. I, that wasn't really good enough for me. And so I, um, I did a lot of thinking. I, I actually thought about leaving tech. I, uh, you know, I, I spent about, I took three months off. I thought about leaving tech. I went through, um, you know, I think, um, I hope everyone laughs at this, but I think I went through all of Oprah's podcasts, right? <laughs> trying to find some meaning and like Deepak Chopra, like anything that was of, you know, value, right? Um, and uh, really kind of, you know, was journaling and do it, doing all this stuff that like, honestly, I hate doing, right? <laughs> like, yes. But I was trying to get to the root of, of what I thought was important. And, you know, what it came down to was, um, I was like, why do I really want to leave tech? Like, I, I love technology. I love, I love um, you know, kind of finding out what's coming down the pipeline. I love thinking of new architectures. You know, I love thinking about how to eliminate layers and stacks, right? Because everything's too complex. And, you know, and it came down to the fact that, um, you know, I was on, I think I was on Twitter one day and someone said something along the lines of it's going to, or it was Melinda Gates, I think, 208 years it's going to take to reach equality for women just in general, right? For whatever equality means in that sense. And, and I kind of thought about that and I said, you know, to myself, I, I said, you know, 208 years, like, I'm not going to be alive in 208 years. And I'm, frankly, I'm not going to wait for that to happen. That's bullshit. Um, you know, I, I need to be doing something now. I need to be impacting this now. And I need to be making an environment that is better for people that are following in my footsteps than, than the ones that I went through, to be honest. Right. I think, um, you know, I, I look back on my career, which is about 20 years and, uh, you know, 15 were spent in, in leadership roles. And I, uh, you know, it was, it was extremely, uh, you know, I had, a, I've had a great career. I love it. I love the people that I've worked with for the most part. And, you know, I've had tremendously supportive leaders, both men and women um, across the board. But I think that there were challenges that I faced that A, I could have either addressed differently or B, could have been addressed differently or C, potentially didn't even have to happen at all. Right. And yeah. so taking that knowledge how do I make, um, you know, a, how, how do I create a better environment for those that are, um, you know, kind of working their way up the leadership chain? And how do I fundamentally start to, um, you know, build a safer space, safer spaces and safer environments for, for these women um, that can help accelerate their careers uh, faster, more effectively, and less painfully? And this is the... It's, it's really, really weird too. Like when, we, when you stop and look at kind of like the, the, the path of progress and it's 
there definitely are a, a, an interesting combination of things. And, and I, my favorite inspirational uh, speaker, uh, Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller, because <laughs> the best inspiration comes from great magicians. Uh, and he says, two things are invariably true. One is that things are getting better. And two is that everybody thinks it's getting worse. Yep. And we have this unfortunate problem where like statistically, we are we are heading in the right direction on so many things, like obviously the reduction in in generally in, in global you know starvation and poverty. There's like there's net effect stuff that's outside of our realm. And then you and I and, and folks, especially who are active on Twitter, uh, you know, hopefully less than you know less so now than we used to be because we've seen the pain of of being deeply involved in this yeah. this as a community. Is there's an acute hyper awareness of the negative and it's easy it's just like a review like when when you give a speaking session and you give it to 200 people you're not going to get 195 people going yeah, I was I was I really enjoyed it you know or I I enjoyed it I was satisfied no what you get is the five people that say this is garbage like not technical enough too technical yeah. you mm -hmm. know uh, and of course because the the people that have either a profoundly strong opinion on the positive or a profoundly strong opinion on the negative are the ones that are going to be incented internally to take action. And it's going to be fill out the form or go on Twitter and, and, and make a quip, which may be just that, but because of the lack of context, the lack of, you know, you can't see the eyebrows, right? You can't tell the emotion that's involved when someone says something, yeah. you know, you I, get I, this, this little weird yeah. thing that comes out and it's like, Oh, <laughs> Well, you have, you have this, um, it's interesting because I think initially, you know, Twitter was, I, you know, I remember when I joined and Stephen O'Grady from Redmonk, you know, said you have to sign up for this thing, right? And uh, so I did and, you know, it, it, you know, became what it is today. But I think initially it was, it was, it truly was a community, right? And then it became, um, you look at kind of the evolution of what it became and it, it started to become, and it still is, like really these tribes. And if you think through what the difference is in community versus tribes, right, is that, you know, community is togetherness. Community is collectively supporting um, something and people that are involved in that community. And when you look at tribes, what you have are, you know, um, you know, warring tribes, right? You have right. Um, organizations or whatnot that are against each other that are fighting for different reasons. And I, I fundamentally see Twitter right now as tribes. And I want to, and I see things in general largely as tribes. And I think we need to make a shift back to community. And so the more that I can do that's positive and, you know, help to move the needle in driving that, you know, shift back to community and back to support and really kind of saying like, hey, you don't need to be an asshole right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. And I, and I want to do that because I think, I think it brings, I, I think it, I think it brings better people to the table and it, uh, and it forces you to become a better person. And the, the neat thing is we, we've, you know, you and I, and a lot of folks that we know and, and folks that I've met along the way have been able to kind of transcend that step. But I feel like, I think everyone's got to go through the this sort of whatever it is, the trough oh, of disillusionment yeah. of experiencing <laughs> social media. Like there should be the techno the social media adoption life cycle. Like forget the technology adoption one. Like there's gonna be the you get involved, you believe in it, you're you have a beautiful effect, people follow you, you follow other people, you find your message, you expand your voice, and then you close in. 
the echo chamber develops, all of the things happen. Uh, you, your life, of course, different stages in your life, you have different ways in which you experience things mm-hmm. and interact with them. And it's, it's really interesting that I kind of want to, I want to train, you know, I want to train the next generation of people to like, you're going to experience this and I have no way to not let you experience it because you have to. And I can't, it's like telling a 16 year old that like it's, you're getting bullied now, but it's going to get better. They don't think that, right. They, they, they're going to live through some pain and you hope that you can give them enough inspiration that it's going to get better on the other side. Same thing with Twitter and and any social media. It's really this thing of like, look, you're going to have to figure it out and it's going to suck for a while. You're going to find some stuff that's not friendly about this, but you're going to find great things in it. So I want you to like put the blinders on, narrow in on the people that are the positive influences in what you're doing and then meet them IRL as one would say, right? Like go find those people at conferences. and, And like you said, go back to the community aspect of it. Use it as a way that, Kind of like how I started this podcast was simply I would talk to all these people and I'd say like, oh, I, I had a great conversation with Lauren at at, a, at an event. And like, if you haven't seen her, you know, Spark Labs, awesome, like whatever, or whatever you were in or anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And someone would be like, oh, yeah, I wish I could be there. And I'm lucky that I, like, I travel for work. Yeah. I'm involved in a lot of meeting amazing people. And so mm-hmm. it was fun to kind of say like, okay, so I can take the positive and then fun conversations and even the tough conversations and bring them to the broader audience. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, what I'm, what I'm seeing now too, and it's, it's really interesting. So when I, when I shifted Spark Labs to be, um, you know, focused on accelerating careers of, of women, you know, it was, it was for several reasons, you know, over the past, you know, in my, in my time, um, you know, in leadership and in consulting, there's, there's been a number of things that I've had to face, right? So it was, whether it was, um, you know, my salary not being at parity with, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, a, a male that was junior to me, right? And then having to have that fun discussion, right? Those are always, yeah, those are always great discussions to have. I mean, they're, they're hard, but they have to be had, right? Um, and people, and sometimes people don't have them. And that to me is just like nuts. It's like, no, absolutely not. You have to have these conversations, right? And then I think, um, you know, I, I've gone through, um, you know, I've been in these, you know, offsite meetings where the leaders of these meetings or these dinners have, have been very, very senior um, executives at, at very large companies. And, um, you know, they have literally um, dialogued only with men, right, at the table. Um, and then I have said something and they'll come up to me afterwards and apologize and say, oh, I'm so, thank you so much for saying something. Um, you know, I have two daughters and they would really, they really, really, they would really appreciate this. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Like you, you have like 5,000 women working for you. They should appreciate this. Right. Right. It's not, it's not about that. It's about what's now. And it's about how you can change the now. Right. And I, I also got notes from, um, you know, from folks, I find there's, there's a lot of people also that aren't on social media and they don't want to talk about what, um, you know, for, for, for fear of, you know, either they're under an agreement where they can't say too much, right. Right. Or, you know, but I have, you know, friends and and folks that I've, I've worked with over the years that are just phenomenal and have sent me notes and, you know, have just said, what can we do to support? And when are you ready? And, um, you know, and, and also how do I approach this in my organization? Right. And how do I go and, 
and start having these discussions with, you know, my teams about how to be more inclusive, right? Or, um, you know, we have the, you know, the, the best, the best conversations I've had are basically like, hey, you know, we've got this HR organization and they're great, but, you know, I, I need to have a real conversation with my team and how do I do that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the interesting thing too, is like human resources as a, as a department and as a function in an organization, especially small companies and startups and such, yeah. is a very focused, specific thing. Hiring, firing, and keeping them alive while they're there and keeping mm -hmm. the liability away from the company in the event that something were to occur. And, that, mm -hmm. and also obviously protecting them to some degree, but like really protecting the edges, like make sure they don't fall off the balcony, make sure they don't get drunk because we have free beer on Fridays. Like yeah. it's really mm -hmm. weird protections that are there. They're, they're needed protections. But what about the, hey, protecting equality in, in salary and in voice in the organization? And those things can't really be mm -hmm. like democratically protective that makes sense like it's yeah. it's not automatic so well, especially because you're underrepresented to begin right. with and inclusive environments where people are allowed to be themselves right so a, a lot of what i talk about is authenticity and i think you know and and i'm the first person to call myself out for this you know i i look at my my track record as a leader and i think i was i was relatively authentic and and genuine um but there are times where i just i i felt like i couldn't be because if I had been, I would have been letting my guard down or, you know, not as an effective uh, as a, of a leader as I could have been, right? Or, right. Um, or you know, I'd been told to do something and I had no other option, right? And, and you kind of, those are things that are really, really difficult to maneuver through and test your test out your morals, right? It gets, it gets down to that level. Ooh. And um, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the deep stuff, right? It's, that's like the losing sleep over certain things. And um, so I look at these environments now and I, I remember um, years ago being uh, called into, uh, there was, there was a good HR and there was bad HR, right? At, at this big company. And um, I was called into the good HR because I, <laughs> because I had said something that was not in line with what the, um, the company culture thought was um, appropriate, right? right. Um, and, uh, you know, I had been working with a gentleman who lost a big deal. And I had flat out told him that, you know, um, hey, like this this didn't go well and we need to talk about how we're going to improve this moving forward. Right. And they didn't like, he didn't like me talking to him like that. So, <laughs> so I got called in and they were explaining to me how culture worked at their company. And I thought that was just the most ridiculous conversation <laughs> I've ever been in in my life because I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, you hired me in to change your culture and this is what I'm getting. Like, this is not like, how am I supposed to, you know, it's like you look at these co companies and it's like, it, to be inclusive, you want to be like, all right, so how do I create a uh, work-life balance, right? How do I create an environment? And that's just, this is like the tip of the iceberg stuff, right? How do I create an environment where all people can learn whether you have a disability or not, right? right. How do I create uh, an environment where folks can anonymously and really anonymous, anonymously, not, you know, kind of connected to, you know, so any sort of like employee resource organization that is still tied back to HR, right? Um, how can they get? Yeah, if you, 
You're yeah, using single sign-on to get to your anonymous reporting tool. So we got wrong. bad news for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So one of the things that I built that I haven't talked a lot about because it's still in beta and we're still kind of, I'm still kind of testing it out. And we've got about 35 members now as a community for, for women or anyone that identifies or wishes to identify as a woman. You know, I, I don't discriminate. Um, you know, and it is, um, it's online and it provides an environment where, um, you know, I, everyone is vetted before they kind of are allowed in. Um, you know, they, they, everyone kind of creates a profile that talks a little bit about themselves. So you're not talking to strangers and, you know, as we're building this community, I'm seeding it in a lot of different ways, but the ways that we're looking at are, you know, how do you have, how do you have tough conversations with your boss? Right. right. Or like, um, I'm facing discrimination in this way at my company and I don't know what to do. And how do I talk to my manager about getting a raise and how do I, or um, how do I resolve conflict with, you know, this, this group of folks that seem to be, um, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm kind of struggling with. There's things along those lines, like questions that you can't really you know, it's like you can go to HR with those um, if you want. I wouldn't. I would not recommend it. Um, yeah, and it's and that's the tough part is because you're you're yeah. literally you're 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 effectively setting your future you know personal improvement plan in motion when sometimes everything when is, you're it's everything terrible. is documented. Everything yeah. is documented, and um, there even you know the line the the anonymous lines, right? I think it's that's it's just really tough. And so it's, um, you know, I, and I've been talking to some of the larger companies out there about um, being able to get some of their division, the, the folks that are in some of their divisions in this community once it's a little bit more ready so that they have that safe space where they can go. And, you know, they're quite frankly, they're unfortunately um, human resources will not be allowed and neither will recruiters. Right. It's not that it's not that type of environment. It's the type of environment for for, you know, support and for answers and for mentorship and sponsorship. And the goal is also to, you know, find, you know, have have mentors that are paired with um, folks, too, that, you know, they they look up to and, and admire and want to do really cool stuff with. So, yeah. So it's called that's called progress. And that's that's one of the components that is um, kind of kind of to the side of what Spark Labs is doing, but it is still under the umbrella. But it is largely independent in that, you know, I'm, I'm funding it personally right now, but the goal is to have it be self-sufficient and whatever is made kind of revenue-wise on top of that is, is to support, you know, um, the community, that community in itself. Very cool. And it's, I, as somebody, I, I'm hearing all of this pain of, of like starting these programs. I'm like, I, I, I have a sort of a personal, you know, thing that I'm involved in as well. And it's, it's a mentoring group or mentoring program. And, and I've, I'm actually building same kind of like a kind of a matching system. Uh, so it's a good test for me to use like kind of algorithmic ways in order to match people up to create the most effective mentoring engagements and, and outcomes. And that's what's funny. Like when you said that, yes, it's pretty much self-funded, you know, you got to make sure that it's working yep. and it's getting the outcomes you want, but that's, that's really cool. Right. Cause yeah. the, the problem is we go and you think like, there's gotta be something out there that's like mm -hmm. this and you find some generic software tool or whatever and and you can try and curate the experience but ultimately you have to create a, a niche variation on it and yep. then you have to very kind of boutique manage it at the yeah. outset 
And then once you see that the outcomes are getting what you want, because sometimes you find through the interactions and through you know, over the course of, of those first users and consumers of this, this service or this, this platform, you're like, oh, wow, that was an unexpected outcome. Like somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody got something either super cool or something weird happened and like, oh, okay, well, let's, you know, you've now got to tackle this edge case. Um, but I oh, really, yeah. I admire that you're, you're taking a run at it because I found like the reason I got involved in, in doing it was I'm doing it one-to-one -one. and then more and more and more. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty much systemizing what I do. Well, how do you scale? That's yeah. <laughs> how do you scale yourself? Because you can't, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, like I, you know, I, I, and the reason why I started doing it is that, you know, there were, there were kind of two things. One is that, um, you know, I was getting the same questions over and over again. Right. And I think, um, I was, I was looking to see like how I can answer these questions at scale in a way where I'm, I'm interacting with people and I'm actually, it's not just a one way interaction. It's direct, it's bi-directional. Right. And right. as a community and other people may have advice that they can pile on and it is better than mine. And I think that's awesome. Um, you know, and I think the, the second part is that when I was going through, you know, growing my career and, and still, you know, I, I didn't have a place where I could go to get this feedback. Right. I didn't have, um, you know, I would have to literally go through my LinkedIn and, you know, I had a list of five people maybe that I could call and ask for feedback, but it was, you know, tough to get a hold of them because they had other commitments and they were quite senior and they had different opinions, you know, and the whole nine yards, right? So, yeah. um, so how do you really kind of bring that collective knowledge together? And it's not around a technology, right? It's, it's literally around advancing the career of, of, of people. So, so I think that was good. Um, you know, at least it's, it's looking good so far. And if there's something else out there too, that, that does that, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I just want to see it be successful. You know, right. it doesn't have to be associated with Spark Labs. Um, yeah, that's it. That's always amazing to me. Like people think like, oh, you're, are you going to turn this into like a thing? Like, no, no, I just want, I want it to be a thing. Like I want it to work. I, if you yeah, generate impact, revenue, I want yeah. it to drive the growth of it, not the growth of me. I want to like, I just yeah. want this thing to get bigger so that people can get more access to it. That's yeah, the had, only outcome. Yep. And I had people come, come to me and say like, oh, we were thinking about doing this. And I was like, hey, you know what? I already got the software. Why don't you like, I can just like, we, I can integrate this. And like, what if we do this? And they had some ideas and it just kind of all worked out. And you know, I'm going to keep rolling it like that. And I think, um, you know, that, that I think is super critical. And then, um, you know, one of the things I want to touch on that Spark Labs does as well, which I think is interesting. And, and I see it more as people progress through um, to, to more of a, when I say, um, you know, executive leadership, I'm really looking at the, um, you know, moving from the, um, director to senior director to VP to C-level, right? right. Um, and so there's, there's kind of this shift that happens in that, at that point in someone's career, especially when they're looking at, hey, I'm a senior director, I'm about to move to VP, right? Um, or, hey, I'm a VP, I'm about to, you know, move into a SVP role or an EVP role or, you know, take on, you know, P&L, you know, GM responsibilities, whatever it may be. Um, and what I see missing um, in a lot of people's kind of career tracks, and this, this is for across the board, is uh, the lack of a platform. And what I mean by a platform is really kind of what do, you, what do people stand for? 
right? Like, what is your career about? Like, is it really about, are you just making money or do you believe fundamentally, like if you're really good at making money, that should be your platform. But how are you going to talk about it, right? right? How are you going to be the de facto expert? Um, you know, or how are you going to, you know, I'm working with a client right now who's just phenomenal and she's, she's in healthcare and, um, you know, she's kind of looking at, you know, the next step for her is going to be CIO or CDO. And um, so, you know, we're kind of looking at her platform as, you know, how do you take this um, very, I want to say, um, muddled <laughs> message <laughs> of digital transformation, right? And, and make it into something real. Like, how do you, how do you actually, what is, what is, you know, there's so many opinions on what that means, but right, there's right. so few opinions from people that are actually doing it. <laughs> um, you know, this is a gripe that I think we all, and, yeah. and especially you, you having done the thing, yeah. there's probably nothing more painful when you watch these kind of armchair analysts and advisors oh, come God. out. They're like, I've read, you know, I, I read the goal a bunch of times, so I'm going to become an efficiency advisor. Like, mm, that's not really how it works. <laughs> you have to. Well, it's, it's so, it's so funny too. You know, I think that, you know, I was, I had her, uh, I, you know, I've been having her do some discussions with folks, um, you know, that kind of, so they can, it can broaden her network. One of the things I do is I help leaders broaden their networks as well. Right. So you can become more effective, not just in your own industry, but across multiple industries. Cause I think that that people look at their careers as one track instead of several tracks, and you know that's that's something that you need to consider, right? When you're when you're really kind of going for it, um, and uh, you know we kind of we kind of take a look at that, and you know she she flat out, you know she some someone was talking about um, you know implementing like uh, some basic application, and she just looked at them and she's like, I implemented the largest. Um, you know, I, I was in charge of the largest implementation of um, Google Apps in the United States, <laughs> and, and they just kind of wow. stopped, right? And uh, <laughs> and it was it was one of those moments where I'm I'm you know where the three of us are kind of like on a conference call. And I'm like, yes, right? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and I mean that's just where you know that's where the armchair analysts they they don't have that right. It's like and you to to take that next step and whatever digital transformation is going to be. And I'm not you know I'm I'm helping her in in a couple different ways from you know but I, so I can't take away her thunder. But you know, needless to say, I think that she's got a pretty good grip on what her next step is going to be and how that's going to be rolled out. And you know, I'm I'm excited to see what's next for. Her. So yeah, so I think developing that for for people. Um, is super important. And that's something that I, that I help them to do. The thing that you really bring up that's important is helping people to look outside of their industry, their organization. And I've, I, again, having, I'm, I'm, I'm old like that. I've lived through some times and, mm -hmm. and, you know, you kind of like the first thing you start, like I, I, I my particular, at my company now, uh, we get a lot of people that come in, they're brand new out of school. We always joke that like every, every company meeting, you just see a bunch of like super excited kids like, yeah, man, just got here. I'm from, from Boston college. And uh, like you literally, they must've just left their lacrosse stick at the door. They handed yeah. them a, a quota and, and a phone and, and here you go. Come on in kid. We're going to teach you how to sell software. And they're super excited. They're involved. And the, the most amazing thing that I found that my company does and, and a, a, some other folks I've talked to in the industry is they're good at preparing people for the rest of their career while they're here. 
-hmm. And that's really the way that in part of it is expanding their network. And you, I like that you brought that up because they're in any single person is doing their function. Even if they're doing it at the highest level, mm-hmm. they're still in a fairly narrow hallway, right? Um, so being able to come in and say, Hey, I've seen this before and I've seen other people that are doing this. Let me introduce you to somebody who works at company X or company Y and really kind of open that up. Cause the most effective CEOs and you know CIOs, et cetera, are also generally they hold board position and and other mm-hmm. positions at other companies. And the reason they do that is because it expands their knowledge, their influence, mm-hmm. and and to bring those experiences back to their own organization. And good companies recognize that that like I yeah. can let somebody do stuff outside the walls of this joint. And I'm getting better inside these walls because of it. And it's so hard to explain to people that that's a valuable. Yeah, thing. The, the, the number one thing you can do, I think, is, is build that network, right? Like I think, uh, and, and do, do great work, work hard at it, right? And, and um, you know, and, and build that network and make sure that you have that, um, you know, that network there because that network will support you for the rest of your career, right? And, and you know, I think... Um, you know, I was I was meeting with uh, some of these folks that are uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of meetings with with folks that are um, coming out of you know 100 days of code and um, you know Flatiron or um, you know other kind of um, you know code camps and and such right and and these schools that are like all right here's three months of education we're gonna put you in a job and then you can pay us back. Right. Like, and, and I, you know, I have mixed feelings on a bunch of that, but that's, that's for another time. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that I actually, we, we should set it. We're going to mark that in our, both our calendars. We are going to talk about that one. Cause I've, mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting stuff on that one as well. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm just talking to, I, I took uh, these two great uh, one, one gentleman and one woman out to, um, to uh to lunch you know a couple months ago and uh this one woman literally had gone from working at a mcdonald's right to going through one of these code schools and coming out and um learning and and really working hard at i'm talking you know working uh, you know uh gosh like 15 hours a day to learn javascript and and was really you know really uh has been working in the community and giving her time back and you know, same with this gentleman as well. And, um, you know, uh, just the, just the, like the ability for technology to allow that to occur in a way where people don't have to pay for school anymore. Right. Right. Is, is super important. I mean, I look back and I, I mean, I remember the day where I paid my college loans off and I was like, Right, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you want to go outside and kiss the sidewalk. At oh that my gosh, point. I was like, whoa, you know, uh, because that stuff, you know, it's and and it's worse now. It's you know, it's just it just the debt is just overwhelming, and so it's how do you how do you lift up people to give them the opportunity to do these things in a way where they're going to be successful? And I think going to be successful is is really that critical part right there. And see the thing that I'm interested in here too. I want to, I want to dive in on is the the difference between incremental 
and kind of the, you know, to sort of pick the, the, the Peter Thiel book, right? But like this idea of zero to one or like whatever, like a very, like an exponential jump in, in changing your, your access and your lifestyle, right? Have you, have you found success in giving people incremental ways to affect their, their career? Or do you find they have to kind of just say, uh, that's it. Like I, I kind of know where I want to go and now I'm going to do something big. Like it's, I'm always curious which ones work and, and which ones you've seen successful. I think it's going to depend on the person. I mean, I remember, um, I think I was, I was, you know, I, I was probably a year out of college maybe. And I, I was, um, I was in a, I was, I had gone into venture capital and that was just un, unbelievable, right? I, I knew about the finance, but I did not know about the technology. <laughs> um, so I, I took a job at BEA Systems, which is now Oracle. So I was working on WebLogic and I was building out communities, you know, um, early, very, very early days of DevRel. Um, That's right. Back, back, we used to just call it communities. <laughs> yeah, it was developer communities. And, you know, it was, um, you know, the Todd Nielsen had come over to BEA and he was, you know, literally teaching us how to build out what he had built for Microsoft, which was MSDN. So, and the MVP program, right? So it was, it was great. Like the knowledge was just, there was so much knowledge there. And I think, uh, you know, they gave me, they were like, you need a mentor, right? So they gave me this uh, gentleman who was the vice president of, um, of educational services, right? I think literally it was like, you know, I was probably like the last in the bucket to be paired. <laughs> you know, I had <laughs> nothing in common with this person, except he was very wise. And, you know, I walked in um, to meet with him for the first time and I'm, I'm nervous, right? A little bit. And I have no idea what to do or how to prepare or anything like that. And, um, he says to me, he says, I've got one question for you. And I'm like, oh, this can't be that hard, right? He says, where do you want to be in 10 years? <laughs> and I was like, I, ha I have no idea. He's like, all right, well, you can leave now. And when you figure it out, come back and let me know, right? So literally, he, like, I left. And <laughs> I spent about two weeks thinking about where I wanted to be in 10 years. And it was... Um, it was really difficult. I mean, I, you, you don't get, um, you know, I, and I went back to him and I told him, you know, I said, you know, I, I want to, I want to be an executive at a software company and I want to be involved in working with customers. And, you know, it was enough so that I could put together like a loose plan, right? Yeah, you could actually build a path now. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we, like I had that path, you know, I will tell you that that path definitely was not followed to the T but I got where I wanted to go in five, right? So I think if you give people a, a, a stretch goal, right? That is, you know, people say, where do you want to be in five years? And I'm kind of like, fuck it. You know, I like, where do you want? And I just said this on Twitter today. It's where you want to be in 10, because if you, if you have a loose plan, you're going to be able to get there in five. Yep. Yeah. It's, and it's funny that we, this is part of why, you know, when when given the right tools and the right kind of you know markers of where i need to be where i want to be uh and recognizing your current surroundings it, it's neat when you could then people then at that point like you said when you walked out of that room you're like whoo that sure just happened there but mm -hmm. you kind of you probably got introspective you sat down you took a you took an approach to it and and you were self-directed in being able to get there so 
you know, full circle back to kind of like, how do we personally yeah. implement that for people that maybe don't know that they need it? And this is always the weird thing. I'm like, like I see people on Twitter all the time. They were good friends of mine. And I'm like, wow, you are, you're just racing around looking for things to get ahead by. And it's like painful to watch because you're like, oh, you're, you could use this collectively towards a, a, such a better goal. And then the same thing when people are trapped in their organization, they're obviously going to see the, the tough stuff and they maybe don't see the positive goals. They don't see the five to 10 year plan for themselves and they don't necessarily have that thing. And like you said, the, to, at the start, you talked about, you know, you go to the CEO or go to these executives and then you explain something and they're like, oh, you're right. Like this, I would, my two daughters will appreciate that. I'm like, okay, cool. Now imagine you don't have two daughters. Would you still feel the same way about the discussion we just had? Right. Yeah. And how, so how do you personalize it in an organization so that people that don't believe they're affected by it can see the benefit in what you're doing? And this is like why inclusivity programs are challenging and why I've yeah. seen people kind of get caught up in the initial excitement and then they realize their audience of influence is much smaller than they thought. And then yeah. as a result, you don't get buy-in and you don't get the flywheel effect of people staying involved. Well, diversity and inclusion is the hot buzzword right now, right? right. I mean, it's, it's, and I, I try to, I don't, I don't like using those words a lot. I, I like the, the word that I like using and it is, is, and it's, this is tough for me too. Um, it is becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I want to challenge people to do that. Um, because ultimately when, you know, there are, you know, I am not like you in several ways, right? Um, you know, I am, you know, when I was looking at doing this initially, it was, you know, it was, it was like, oh, I know women, I can do this, but you know what? Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a white woman and I've had a, a tremendous amount of benefits that have been given to me throughout my career because of that, right? right. And so right off the bat, I've got to recognize that I have an unfair advantage and that's not right. Um, and I think that, you know, and I've, I've been reading a lot of books and I've been diving in and I've been asking questions and I will tell you that my questions are, they're not always um, politically correct. They are, <laughs> they're, they're not, and it's not. They it's, have to be tough questions, right? Yeah, <laughs> because it, they have tough answers. Yeah, well, it's also because sometimes I don't understand things fully yet, and I'm trying to, to the best of my ability. And so I goof, you know, I goof up, and I, I will apologize in advance. I'll, I will say, you know, hey, look, I, I don't understand this, and I'm trying to learn, and I'm hoping that you can help me. And, um, you know, if, if I approach things like that um, in that way, I find that the discussion goes a whole hell of a lot better than it would have had I assumed anything, right? Um, right. Or had I, um, you know, just flat out, you know, been the very, you know, direct kind of, um, you know, in control Lauren that I was when I was, you know, in leadership roles, which was, you know, um, needed in some cases, but not not all the time, and. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's really kind of how do, you, how do you look at reframing yourself and how do you look at how you want to be seen in the world? Because, um, you know, there are, there are so many people out there that have so much to offer 
And um, just in me taking folks that are of a different generation or a different race to, you know, to, to lunch, right? Or, um, you know, my, um, I, I grew up working with, um, you know, folks that have certain disabilities, um, you know, as, as, a, as a job when I was in college. And so I think I've always um, been aware of, you know, not totally aware, but, you know, more, more attuned to some of the differences there and some of the accommodations that, that need to be made. Um, you know, but I, I also think, you know, um, down to, you know, learning disabilities and, um, you know, or, you know, mental health, you know, things along those lines, these, these things have to become, you know, you have to be able to start to be able to hear what people are saying. Right. Versus, you know, it's active listening. So that's, that's super important. And I think this is why even I think the be, the beginning the seeds are that are planted in an organization by you know yourself and and folks that maybe whether in an HR or in any in any individual team, I believe we have the ability to affect that uh, we can like locally optimize and so do that in your team. I've kind of always did like you know the the DevOps the DevOps team start really small. I called it ops ops right. Like just get my ops team to figure out how to do things in a better way. Okay, now let's talk to the developers. Cool. Okay, yep. let's talk to the business people, and you can sort of widen that effect. The hard part or the difficult part, as the English majors would say, is to go into this like all right, we're going to start an inclusivity program and a diversity program. You're like. Have we talked to anybody in these micro teams to understand what the current challenges are? Like, that's the hard part. So what well, I, think I think is, gonna, can I'm we gonna, affect it locally, right? Yeah, and I think you're gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there too, because I think creating sometimes, sometimes creating these programs is also putting these folks in a position where it's, it's uncomfortable again, right? right. Like I, um, you know, I'm one of those introvert extrovert people. Like I can be extroverted for a while and then I need to go kind of back and, you know, kind of hide out in my cave for a little while while I process things. And, um, you know, I, uh, I think that it's, it's important to, you know, like if, if you're working on a project that is for a, you know, customer or client or something like that, it's along the lines of like, all right, like, let me, let, let, like personally, is there someone that I can bring in that, you know, may not have the opportunity to work on this, maybe, you know, of a different generation or a different background or is learning something new, different department, different, different color than me, right? Um, maybe they have a, um, maybe they've been open about some challenges that they've had on, you know, the home front or, you know, um, with, with um, you know, they, they're, they have, you know, ADHD or something. Like, how do you, how do you bring those folks in? Right. right. And just say, Hey, like we're doing this project. You want to help? Like, I'd love to have you on board and that's it. Right. And that that's where I think the, the change has to happen because we typically will reach out to people that are like us and we need to make an, a proactive, have a proactive approach to reaching out to people that aren't like us. Right. Yeah. And it's funny that the, the best, like we had a hackathon at work and mm -hmm. we, we talked about the, the team that we had that we, we were told literally at the start that the idea we had was a pretty effing terrible idea. They're like, don't, don't do this. You know, the last person that came up with this idea, they got fired. Like they, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I think we could do this. It's going to be neat. Yeah. And so we built this, this idea and we, we took and 
we had people that were from the development organization, from the, from the QA team, people from marketing, from design, you know, or like, and I was the marketing kid, right? So yeah. I come in, but having lived a real life in, in operations for years. And so it was funny that when we got to the end, we realized we were a team and we really talked about the value that why we were successful. And we actually won one of the prizes was because we literally came from a diverse set of experiences. And that's the first diversity is break out of the team. Like just look outside the, when you're sitting in a meeting room and you see someone walk by and look in, hey, invite that kid in, right? Like there's, they have really great ideas and you have to, and I love that you've said that. It's just like, just find somebody and said, hey, I'm, I'm working on this thing. Do you want to help? And yeah. that can be the start of an amazing opportunity for that person to, they feel welcomed and like, look, read the culture code, read all of these things, listen to these surveys and, and why it works in behavioral psychology, the mm-hmm. feeling of protection and comfort, like the feeling of safety begins with just knowing that you can emote an idea and not yeah. be mm-hmm. shot down. Or once you get sort of more strong and the strong, the, the ideas are stronger or the opinions are stronger, you know that they may not go well, but you've kind of trained yourself to be ready that, okay, it's an opinion and it was not well loved. And so I'm going to come up with a new one. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's exactly it. And, you know, I'll be, the, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, so I, I have a, I have ADHD and it was, it was diagnosed when I was uh, uh, 30. Right. So it was yeah. a little bit later in life. And, um, you know, my thinking is, is tends to be pretty fast. Right. So, um, a typical structure will be something like A, B, C, D, E. Right. Yeah. And I'll go A, B, E. Right. And, uh, and so I'll, you know, my, my brain will process everything in the middle, but it, my, it's literally like my mouth can't keep up and people will laugh at that because they're like, Lauren, oh gosh, you'll talk our ear off. But, um, you know, fundamentally, um, I have worked with leaders that are the, the leaders that I work with best. And I try to pair myself with these folks are, are folks that um, are able to think quick and on their feet. Right. Um, and so I've, I've kind of used my, uh, and they, they benefit from me thinking that fast. Right. Cause I will be the person in the room that will jump to what they need to get done. You know, uh, right. the fastest, faster than anyone else in that room. They know that they will have to take the extra time with me on the tail end but they know I've got the solution already ahead of the, ahead of time. So it's, it is taking that risk with folks, you know, and I've had my share of leaders that have taken their risk on me. Hopefully it's benefited them. And, um, you know, I think, I think it is, um, you know, it is, it is taking those risks and, and looking at who you work with well and who you can work with well and, and how their differences are going to bring you benefit. I think it's it's great, and I applaud you. Uh, we we got to wrap up for today, Definitely. but we will be back, Lauren, and uh, keep taking those risks and and do what you do. Uh, I'm gonna keep doing. I'm gonna follow in your lead in in many things as much as I can, and and everybody that's listening, you know, look for in the next week. Let's look for a project you're working on, an idea you've got, and and look around you at somebody that isn't sitting at the table with you. And, and just walk over to them and say, hey, I got a question for you. What do you think about this thing? And you, you may find the next team member is sitting two, two tables away from you and they may have a profound effect on you, which is even the best thing about mentoring is I often think I feel 
I feel like I'm always winning in mentoring because I somehow come away with more knowledge, no matter how good somebody else does in the mentoring experience. I always win more because I've, I've, you, you, if you stick with your own ideas, you always think you're on a decent path. And when you help somebody to achieve theirs, then it becomes such a, such a better experience. And like a, uh, so, and, and I, I definitely, we, we will talk much more. So Lauren, let's remind again, folks, where do they find Spark Labs? Where do they find you and, and, and how do they get in right. touch with you? Well, they can, they can find Spark Labs as www.sparklabsco.com. Um, or they can just Google Lauren Cooney and Spark Labs and find it that way. Um, I'm on Twitter at L Cooney and on Instagram at L Cooney. And you can always find me on LinkedIn and, and please folks, uh, you know, it's Lauren at sparklabsco.com and don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always here. I'm always happy to answer questions. Um, and you know, there, uh, you know, if I don't know the answer, then I'll find someone who does. That's, that's it. That's exactly it. Expanding our, our network and, and our capabilities one, one person and one day at a time. Thank you for the time, Lauren. We'll, Thank you uh, so much we'll... for having me. I really appreciate it. Excellent. You're listening to Today's Cool Podcast.